0: He e tēnei, nā te reo irirangi o By
1: 340, we'd heard reports of people being trapped in their cars. The fire service had every available appliance they had on flooding call outs, and bearing in mind, right now we're still about six hours away from a state of emergency
2: being declared. That was the New Zealand Herald Deputy Editor Hamish Fletcher giving a vivid account of his newsroom the night that the heavens opened on Auckland anniversary weekend while sources of official information closed up. And he went on to tell the Herald's daily podcast The Front Page it was pretty obvious they were in an emergency situation long before the tardy declaration of one that night by Auckland Council. By 4pm we were hearing people being rescued from their flood-stricken homes in the West Auckland area of Swanson. And similar reports of uh, people being trapped in their cars or cars being
1: swamped by floodwaters. State Highway One, we had reports of that being blocked near Walkworth, and Met Service had put out fresh thunderstorm warnings. Um, and police began putting out warnings about the weather, and things really ballooned.
2: Now what happened that day may not have surprised the authors of the National Disaster Resilience Strategy, Rotaki Amotu Mana Wāroa Aitua, which was published in April 2019. That identified gaps in our response capability and capacity to keep pace with social media. And a ministerial review two years before that identified maintaining pace with media and social media and the type of command, control and leadership required for that as emerging issues and those issues certainly emerged pretty starkly during the floods on Auckland's anniversary weekend. Now the media also copped some criticism at that time too, for being slow to flip into full rolling coverage on a holiday weekend, and for being behind social media in showing just how bad the floods got. But Auckland's Mayor Wayne Brown eventually admitted that he and others dropped the ball that night, and announced an independent review which was released this week, and which turned out to be pretty damning. Now, Some of the failures to communicate cut across the roles of the news media. For example, the review report said there was a little utilisation of mainstream media as lifeline utilities to amplify critical safety messages and perhaps a lack of clarity between managing media and engaging with media agencies. And the report also said most staff with public information management roles had other day jobs and were forced to juggle between dealing with media inquiries and the provision of public information. Now, the mayor has promised a full review of emergency management as a result of this report, and even a drill to test it in the near future. But what can the media take from that review report about the relationships between emergency management agencies and the news media? Hayden Donnell takes a look at that now, starting with the already strained relationship between the office of the mayor and the media. Mr. Bush, you sure.
1: have been critical of the council leadership for failing to understand its public facing role. Where's the mayor?
0: So, we have also said that the mayor should have been de- more, more demanding of information. As you will all be aware, to share information and keep the public informed via all channels of media, you he? need the information. I'm, I'm asking you where he is today. Oh, that's a question for you to put to the Mayor.
1: That's New Zealand Herald columnist Simon Wilson putting a question to former Police Commissioner Mike Bush as he presented his review of Auckland Council's response to the city's anniversary weekend floods. The report from Bush and his team identified communications failings by council leadership. One section summed it up like this On the critical night and during the nighttime hours of Auckland's worst ever rainfall event, information was insufficient to either inform or reassure the public. Bush makes it clear those failings were systemic across the council's senior management. But one leader has come in for particular criticism from the media for his tardy and inadequate comms since the report's release. Auckland Mayor Wayne Brown. The mayor's lack of engagement with reporters during the floods was hardly out of the ordinary. He's had what could be euphemistically described as a rocky relationship with the media. Just before the election last year, NewsHub caught him on camera expressing his displeasure about the coverage of the aforementioned Wilson with this scatologically themed threat.
0: That prick Simon Wilson dug it out. You know, and I mean, he's been at me for all year
2: long. Yeah. And the first thing I do when I get to the mayor, be, they'll be gluing little pictures of him on all the urinals, so I can <laughs> pee <him> on them.
1: <laughs> Brown's antipathy toward media coverage has continued following his election to office. As mayor, he has eschewed questioning to a greater degree than his predecessors. Our biggest news organisation, Stuff, only just got its first sit down interview with him this week, six months after his election. And it came with conditions. Brown got to hand the journalist asking the questions. When the mayor has fronted up to reporters, the exchanges have often been prickly or outright combative. Here he is on
0: the night of the floods. And you have to uh, take your role seriously. And my role isn't to rush out with buckets. And here he
1: is being interviewed by Kim Hill on RNZ the morning after.
0: This is an unprecedented event. It'll be interesting to see just how well-prepared Wellington is when the earthquake starts. um, That's a low blow under the circumstances, Mr Brown.
1: Since the report's release, Brown appears to have gone back to ground. He didn't appear at Bush's media conference. On RNZ's midday report the next day, Deputy Mayor Desley Simpson was asked about the lack of communication from council leadership on the report, while communicating for the council in Brownstead. Well, sorry,
2: let's talk sorry, about yeah. uh, let's talk about communication that was highlighted yep. in the report as being lacking. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, part of the problem: senior leaders underestimated how important it is to communicate with the public. You know, how can that be so? What conversations have there been around that since then?
1: Well. You know, you're talking to me (laughs) here. I'm a strong believer of communication with the public. I absolutely believe that's key. And I just want to thank the media um, who worked with me, you know, following the January 27 in preparation for
2: Cyclone Gabrielle and the follow-on from that.
1: It later emerged that Brown hadn't responded to RNZ's request for an interview.
2: Um, Look, we we appreciate you speaking to us. You are fronting up. Uh, We have reached out to the mayor, and uh, I don't think we've even had a response from his office yet.
1: It seems the report's recommendation to improve communication with the media and public hasn't been fully implemented by the Mayor's office just yet. But he's not the only one being asked to make changes. The report also calls out a sclerotic, poorly organised council bureaucracy, as well as councillors who have failed to fix known problems with their emergency management systems for years. On the AM show, one of those councillors, Civil Defence and Emergency Management Committee Chair Sharon Stewart, seemed more interested in finding someone else to blame than talking about what she could do differently.
2: The responsibility really has to go back to the CEO. He's he's supposed to be he's responsible for um, all the expectations um, of the event, and um, elected members were not operational.
1: That performance earned her this rebuke from presenter Amanda Gillies.
0: Um, I'm sure Sharon is a very nice person, but after that interview, I do not have my faith restored in the system.
2: Yeah, I think I really it's don't. a collective collective responsibility. But also trying to pass past the buck, and that's the problem. You know, like when, as you said, kept trying to blame someone else. Oh, that wasn't in place. That what? You are the chair. You're in charge. Sorry.
1: Todd Nile is a veteran local government reporter for Stuff who's had something of a bumpy ride with the new council and particularly the mayor. He spoke to me about how media silence can see politicians and councils come unstuck in a crisis and what could be done to make sure messages come through loud and clear in future emergencies. Kia ora, Todd. Welcome to Media Watch. Kia ora. So, Mayor Wayne Brown, he hasn't exactly been too friendly to the media in general, but he specifically hasn't been too friendly to you. What's it been like covering Wayne Brown for you compared to past
0: mayors? Um, it's quite frustrating because in order to cover the affairs of Auckland, you need to have some kind of regular and reasonable access to the mayor, who is the figure you know for the council and the most influential voice for the city. And it's taken... For stuff where I work, it's taken six months of, I think, a reasonable amount of effort on our part to secure the first sit-down interview that we had. We have had half a dozen coffee meetings and even someone had a lunch with the mayor's office. So a lot of work has gone into trying to establish that relationship. Um, But it's still a wee bit hesitant, it's fair to say.
1: And that hasn't really been the case in the past. You've covered quite a few mayors in your time.
0: Yeah. Um, Len Brown, the first mayor, you could uh, have reasonable access to. You had a diary of his engagement, so if you needed to grab him, you knew where to go and, and catch him after an engagement. Phil Goff was a little more controlled, but you could still have regular, almost monthly uh, interviews on a range of topics. So there was what I would consider normal access in the past. There's a, there's a new rule book. Book with Wayne Brown, which it's hard to work out whether it's a strategy, whether it's his personality, or whether it's just the slightly disorganized start that he had uh, in his mayoral office.
1: Is it just you that's getting this treatment, or is it other media as well?
0: Uh, Look, I don't know whether I'm getting a different treatment, but in the last couple of days, for example, I've talked to other media who have been having the same frustrations as I have uh, in trying to actually just get information and get contact with the mayoral media staff in the wake of the Mike Bush report. So I don't know whether there's something particular about me, but it, it, it's certainly a wider media issue than just one person.
1: Devil's advocate, you could say this is a pretty sensible strategy, politically speaking. When Wayne Brown has appeared in the media, it hasn't always gone particularly well, if you don't feel like you're going to get a fair shake, if you don't feel like you're going to come off that well, if you don't really like the people involved or think that they're uh, good at their jobs, then why engage with them? Now, do you have any sympathy for that sort of argument?
0: Not really when you're the mayor. You know, if you're a councillor, you know, you can choose whether you expose yourself to the media. Some do, some don't. But the mayor is the most elected job in the country, You know, there's a million people have the ability to vote for Auckland's mayor. So it's a pretty big position with pretty big public accountability that comes with it.
1: You could say Wayne Brown was able to muddle through with that relative media silence for some months. Does this report on the flood response show the downsides of not having those open channels of communication with the media?
0: Yeah, and... To be fair, the mayor, a week after the floods, it took him a while to get there, apologised for him not being visible, not being out there earlier with with messages, uh, dropped the ball was his phrase. So at that point he seemed to have acknowledged that communication and being out in the media in those circumstances was important and he hadn't done it well. But then has the lesson been learned? Look at the Mike Bush Report which came out and was critical pretty much of everyone, including the mayor, but predominantly the way the the organisation and emergency management responded. And the mayor chose not to be there when the report was released, uh, chose not to do media on the day. We couldn't make contact with the mayoral office from the afternoon that Mike Bush had his media conference through to midday the following day. We couldn't get anyone to pick up the phone, answer texts, answer emails about will we get a chance to talk to the mayor and how and when. So it's all very well to say, look, I got it wrong, I should have been out there more, but then to sort of do the same thing again, you kind of wonder what's going on.
1: Why is it so important to have existing lines of communication, open channels of communication already in place with the media, with people like you, when a crisis like the floods
0: strikes? Because when something happens quickly like that, and if I think back to how it might have worked under Phil Goff or with Len Brown before that, you have good relationship with relationships with people. They're likely to pick up the phone. Uh, if you've got a one-minute query like, are we going to be able to hear from the mayor, you can deal with that, get that stuff out of the way pretty quickly. So for both sides there's a quicker and easier way to understand how the mayor is going to appear in the media and how messages are going to get out. When you haven't got that, when you can spend nearly a day simply trying to get someone to pick up a phone uh, and relationships in those circumstances are strained, um, it did prove quite difficult, you know, the next day and the day after almost to have a normal kind of media relationship, get out the sort of messages and the sort of reassurances that Aucklanders wanted to hear... And, you know, it's all right for the mayor. And one interview kept saying, I'm not here for the media, I'm here for Aucklanders. But it doesn't sort of recognise that the media is not the end. It's the means of communicating with Aucklanders.
1: Well, the media is also not there for the mayor, it's there for Aucklanders, Yeah, right?
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, we've, <laughs> you know, the mayor wants to get the messages he wants to out to Aucklanders. And the media is the way in the middle to get to the largest number of people the most easily.
1: Yeah, so you're aligned on that goal in a way. Uh, it's not just the mayor. The council has dozens of communications staff. It, is it too kind of sclerotic and bureaucratic? Is it able to get its messages out there to you quickly enough?
0: So in in normal times, like when we're not having a civil defence emergency, I actually have a pretty good... Uh, Relationship with Auckland Council media. I find them extremely easy to deal with. They're generally responsive. I guess what happens uh, in the night of the floods, for example, is that at some point as Auckland emergency management or it becomes a civil defence emergency, a whole new bureaucratic media structure takes over. I don't completely understand the details of it, but there are different processes that work and clearly they work slowly. On the night, the Mike Bush report points out that there was a delay publishing the declaration of emergency because someone was waiting for a sign-off for a media release that would go with it. That sort of thing shouldn't happen, but you know that's possibly more about the media structures in a civil defence emergency than the day-to-day media organisation inside Auckland Council.
1: So like the council the media also got criticism during the anniversary floods for being behind social media so slow to kick off rolling coverage possibly still in weekend holiday mode have news organizations like stuff done their own review of the coverage that they put out and if not should they
0: Well I don't we haven't done a specific review I guess and I can't speak for the company but we've you know we've talked about in the following days how things have worked I think it's always going to be difficult in those sort of circumstances for a news organisation on its own to be up with social media because the very nature of social media is that there are hundreds of thousands of people around Auckland with cameras taking videos and able to post them instantly. And our job, we have to verify, is it true or not? We can't get the resources we've got often to where those places are because there's flooding and it's difficult getting around. Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a lot that the ne- the media has to answer for from from how it performed uh, on that night. You know, everyone always is working with lean resources, um, but part of the problem is, as the report noted, was getting the quality of information out of the emergency management system to match up with or supplement what was coming in through social media from people living through it.
1: Do we just not have enough reporters these days to get around to the places where the flooding is happening, and maybe? is that almost impossible when the whole city just about is going underwater?
0: Yeah, I don't think you would ever have a situation where there were enough media resources to cover the breadth and the nature of what was going on independently. You know, just the ability to get around to drive to places on the night was pretty difficult. I think, really, the media probably did a pretty good job uh, given the resources and the circumstances that it was working in.
1: Now, the Bush Review talks about the lack of dedicated civil defence staff in Auckland. It says the full-timers, they're all in Wellington, and the people managing it up here were mostly part-timers. Now, does the media have a bit of a, a similar problem in a way? Do we have people that are dedicated to... Covering civil defence and emergency management.
0: Yeah, so I'll defend the media on that one. I think I think the problem that the Bush report showed on the emergency management side was when emergency management kicks in, there are whole new structures, there are people and new hierarchies, and the whole structure of how the city responds changes. Whereas for the news media, it's still us doing what we do every hour of every day. Uh, it's a bigger job, but we have the same people the same structures, the same goals. We're trying to get there. We're trying to verify information, get it out as quickly as possible. So I don't, I don't really think there's a big question for the media to look at. Dealing with the flood is what the media does every day. Dealing with the flood for Auckland Council and Auckland Emergency Management as an organisation far more complex, and they, according to the report, clearly didn't manage to sort of lock into the the new structure and get moving as
2: quickly and as well as they should have. Thanks very much, Todd. Thank you. Hayden Donnell there talking to Todd Nile, the senior Auckland affairs journalist for Stuff, all about the Auckland anniversary weekend floods response review and what the media, the Mayor, the Emergency Services and Auckland Council can all take from it.